The answer to this week's quiz question is Exteria Defender. The quiz question can be found on the Nemore Buffs Twitter account every Monday. Be sure to follow us at twitter.com slash needmorebuffs. Welcome to the Need More Buffs podcast, the unofficial Lightseekers podcast sponsored by DeliveryCrab.com. DeliveryCrab.com, your number one source for Lightseekers cards and three points of healing. Welcome back for episode six of Need More Buffs. The show notes for this episode can be found at DeliveryCrab.com slash 006. That's DeliveryCrab.com slash 006. You'll probably want to follow along with this one because it is a very exciting episode. I've been waiting for this for a long time now. We have with us the winner of the first official Lightseekers tournament. This is Chris. He was with us down at PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia this month. And I just can't believe what he's done in such a short period of time with Lightseekers. He definitely was able to set the bar high for Lightseekers players going forward. I think it's going to be a challenge for people to figure out exactly how to beat his deck and still stay competitive against all the other decks that are out there. I don't want to take up too much of your time because this interview is amazing. So let's get into it with Chris. Hello and welcome back to Need More Buffs. I'm your host, Matt Sonnenberg, and today I am honored to have with me the winner of the first official Lightseekers tournament. This is Dratilis, or if you've met him in person, you may know him as Chris. How are you doing today, Chris? Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. That's good. Um, so we... Well, we did have a little bit of contact early on uh, in the Online Lightseekers League, which I've mentioned a couple times on the show already. But we got to meet for the first time in person then down at PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia this past weekend. Have you been to any of the, I guess, conventions like this? Um, so this was actually my very first PAX to attend. Okay. Um, it just so happened to work out with a uh, work schedule and uh, made this part of the trip. So it was a little bit random, but uh, <laughs> the the way I found out about Lightseekers actually was uh, back at Gen Con this year. It was the 50th anniversary. Okay. And I just happened to walk by their booth and uh, was just kind of checking out what was going on. And one of the guys asked me to play a game. So, you know, at that yeah, time, they're, they're, they're very yeah. good about that. Catching people walking by <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. For, at that time, you know, I didn't really get it. Um, the pictures didn't immediately stick out to me as something that was a deep strategy game. Um, but then they announced this PAX tournament and had some pretty serious prizes on the line. So it kind of grabbed my attention then. And once I started digging into it, there's a lot of depth to this game. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Taking a few steps back, I guess, do you have any experience with TCGs or just card games in general? Um, I pretty much enjoy playing all the games. It's just part of what I do uh, to, you know, the balance. You know, I've got my work and then my games and mm -hmm. music and, and gaming is a big part of my life. And uh, so 
I really started with Magic the Gathering, like many people probably did sure. back back in pharmacy school. I lived uh, just down the road from a really good card shop and was roommates with my best friend, and we really got into the game heavy. So you know, from that point, I've uh, really dug into that game. But it takes so much time that I've kind of fallen off over the last three years. Uh, I was. Uh, me and my friends were competing at pro tour level for a while and uh you know it just takes so much time that i prefer a little bit lighter game these days uh, i've been playing a little bit of star wars destiny which i did that at pax uh before the light seekers tournament started but um light seekers is probably my newest interest as far as the tcg world goes sure so do do you do you think you'll be sticking with light seekers then especially after the, <laughs> the results of this weekend so it it kind of depends on you know how the tournament scene uh develops i'm not sure you know i'm not sure how far they want to take the competitive edge versus the casual edge and it's got it really has appeal to both sides and me with card games i'm mostly more um competitive player and that's what i what i really find entertaining is trying to you know figure out what the best strategy is and then how do you beat that and answering those questions you know that's my favorite thing about tcgs i think so it, it just depends on the direction the the amount of tournaments they have coming up with all the packs uh different tournaments i'm still waiting to see you know will prize support be similar as this one is it kind of worth traveling for that kind of deal so and then obviously local scene if it takes off here in the u.s you know there's there's not a lot of shops it's caught on with yet. Yep, um, but but what I saw, yeah, what I saw at PAX, you know, it has a great appeal to a really wide audience. So you never know where it could go. So getting into, I guess, the deck you used on Saturday. Um, th- th- this is the first ter- first official tournament they held. It's the, it's the one you took home the top prize. And from what I gather, you put a lot of time and effort along with some of your friends into building this deck. Uh, do you happen to have the deck list in front of you right now? Yeah, I've got it handy actually. Okay. Um, if you could, I, I, I will definitely put this list in the show notes for everybody that's interested. You'll, you'll be able to find this at deliverycrabcom slash zero zero six. But if you just want to give us a quick rundown of what cards are in this deck, and then uh, we can dig in deeper as to uh, how, how this deck was put together. Okay. So, yeah, we've got the five combos, um, and most importantly, um, one with nature. That That's pretty much how you gain just a ridiculous advantage on any of your opponents. All your numbers are too better than what's listed on the card, which you see so many ridiculous plays come up over the course of the tournament with that. <laughs> um, and then past that, there are two ways in the deck to bring one with nature back. One being life imbue, which is one reason we splash into orange and then regrowth um, can also bring uh, one with nature back. So, you know, a lot of your opponents only have three buff removals. If they decide anything else, you know, anything else is important enough to get rid of, well, one with nature is going to stick. So that's kind of the basic concept. Um, In addition, you know, most of the cards in the deck we have, um, uh, I guess the other combos, fungal spore and life binding, those are kind of just you know emergency, get yourself out of trouble. Uh, besides that, we've <laughs> yeah, got a lot uh, of healing there uh, for sure, yeah. And 
one of the staples is pollen weaver. Um, if you notice a, a game where you get pollen weaver within the first couple turns is drastically different than a game that you uh, have to draw through half your deck to find it. Um, decreasing two damage from every you know every interaction or iteration of damage is just a huge buildup over the course of the game. Um, then we've just got some standard ones like your Stumptive Shaman for healing, Mossbridge Defender, three buff removals, and Reckless Spirit. Uh, Spirit Channel can do some incremental healing, especially when paired with Insect Swarm. You know, do one damage to your opponent, then heal your opponent for three and draw two for one action, <laughs> and then you you know you also heal two. That over the course of the game, that gets a lot of hand as well. Sure. We have a random uh, one of old oak, which uh, I decided I didn't really like too much after it was just kind of a remnant of an old version. Um, and then the three root singers, which is just two more of any of those other cards that I just mentioned. It's uh, a really powerful card and also gives you just a ton of options for how, you know, to adjust to how your opponent might be approaching the match for what you want to return. Um, our orange splash, uh, we use Forge Wall. Uh, we think it's probably one of the best defensive items, if not the best defensive item. And then we just want those burst heals because that's what you know. Green is missing the burst heal. Yep. So Emergency System is a burst heal of seven, and then Tyrex Fixer is also seven when you're below fifteen. Um, then we've got Crystal Core. It's a a red card, but um, or a red item. There's no other red cards in the deck, but the effect itself, you know, if you're at 15 and someone tries to hit you with like a, a nuke for 17, it actually heals you 17 life effectively because it says, well, if you're dealt lethal, you do not die. <laughs> so it, it's the biggest, in my head, it's the biggest uh, burst heal in the game, it, unless your opponent plays around it, which uh, is one reason we're not too big on the card. Um, then finishing it up, we've got the the blacksmith to go get these items. We end up running two of those. Uh, we went back and forth on what the correct number was. And then kind of the miser's creeble jester, um, for people that figured out how to actually beat this strategy. Um, creeble jester would beat those people. Uh, and we're going to see almost our whole deck. And one of it, it's kind of, uh, a little deceptive because one of creeble's jester is actually four. If you consider that you can just get it back whenever you want with root singer. So, that's a very good point. Yeah. So I, I, I know I've heard you discuss this offline a lot and, um, well, even some online in the forums and such, but w where did you even start building the, like, why did you choose nature in the first place? I guess. Um, so one of my buddies that I play magic with, uh, who's also really active on the forums under Neo, um, can't actually don't know how to pronounce the rest of his <laughs> forum name. Uh, maybe he cl clarify that one day. His name's Alex. Okay. And, uh, me and Alex kind of took this on, uh, just as a, a project, you know, let's see how far we can take this game. And, you know, if we can figure out what we feel is the best strategy. So we kind of picked out just a few cards that we felt looked, uh, overly strong strong and uh triana was just out of the heroes you know you cap at 35 life so you heal your opponent twice and then from then on you just draw draw two cards and they don't heal any so <clears throat> the basic concept was just you just draw as many cards as you want stay alive and then you kill them with a few cards left over um towards the end of the game um and then past that we thought that paul and weaver was really strong and it proved even stronger than we had first imagined. So that was that was kind of the initial base of the deck, and then we kind of just tweaked it from there. Um, 
I did forget to mention earlier, you know, we actually only had, I guess, four ways to kill someone in the deck, and those were all pretty painful, um, especially for me because, you know, it was time for the game to be over, but yeah. it, took, it took me like 15 or 20 minutes, so we did we did uh, discuss some changes that could possibly fix that in future iterations because these games did tend to drag on. It was so... I, I I did notice that watching some of your matches, like they, I mean, they were long, and and obviously that ran into some issues later on. But it, it, just looking at the cards in your deck here, you have a lot of healing, a lot of damage reduction, but very few attack cards. I I, I mean, th- there's literally I think only one attack card. I, well, yeah, I, well, yeah. I, I mean, Creeble Jester is listed as an yeah. attack card, but yeah. I mean, it doesn't do damage. So, like, I, you get some from the buffs here and there, but yeah, where is it? Are you are you getting this damage to? I mean, are you relying on one with nature to increase the da- little bit of damage that you do have to get him down? So, so we do have uh, Reckless Spirit as an attack card, sure. But I mean, really, that's more buff, buff removal. removal. The, yep. the three damage is never something that's going to get us that far towards killing someone. Mm-hmm. Um, the concept of how we're going to kill someone in this deck is with repeatable damage. So one with nature is nice because it speeds it up, but it's really not a necessity. Um, our our three main ways to kill someone is the one stampeding tusker, or we have two of hungry behemoth. So you'll just kind of tick up Hungry Behemoth with the defend ability, yep. you know, up to its five corner. And then if you attack with it, it doesn't rotate anymore. So you have five damage every turn there. Um, that'll finish someone off relatively quickly. And then sometimes we'll pair it with Tusker, who has the defend ability to um, restart. So neither of those ever expire unless your opponent removes them or you let them. So um, probably the most painful fa- way would be an insect swarm. And with one, you know, one with nature makes that three a turn. But uh, that that was probably my least favorite card in the deck, but kind of a necessity um, for the animal symbol and for some interaction with spirit chandler. So, yeah, it was uh, very, very slow and painful for both (laughs) both sides of the table to finish games. Just off the top of your head, if you weren't worried about the animal symbol on insects forum, what card do you think you would replace it with? I really wanted uh, to fit in a third Moss Ridge Defender. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's kind of an innocent-looking card when you first see it, um, but how I actually used it in the tournament a lot of times was to control the tempo. Um, it, if your opponent sees you have three or two defense up, they're not likely to throw you know their attack into the card. Mm-hmm. So even if they're not showing or threatening me with anything at the time, um, if I want to slow the tempo of the game down, uh, you know, one of the matches on camera, I think actually the first game of the finals on Saturday, my very first play was Moss Ridge Defender. And that was just because I needed time to dig for Pollen Weaver. If he wanted to throw, you know, damage at the Defender, great. He's kind of wasting cards. So um, it gives your opponent, this deck basically gives your opponent multiple bad choices, which <laughs> kind of led to part of the time because they'd see what's going on and just sit there like, well, this choice isn't good, this choice isn't good, and, and that's kind of what the deck is designed to do. So it is difficult to play against. Definitely. So once you had the nature part of this deck sorted out, like, did you automatically know that you wanted to splash the, the orange in there, or 
did you have other options that you tried along the way? Um, we kind of settled on forge wall and, um, bubble shield as kind of our two favorite defensive items. Um, emergency system is just such a great card because it, it kind of breaks one of the standard elements of the game is that you only get to do stuff on your turn. So it's true. Yeah. You know, with emergency system, you get a burst heal of seven on your opponent's turn, which kind of lets you play a whole different ball game than most cards would let you. Um, and plus seven healing out of one card is, is a pretty good above curve. And then Tyrax fixer is kind of your fourth emergency system. Um, uh, a little different in some aspects, but orange just provided the best item and the best burst heals. But um, blue is a close, a close second, especially with guard snail and some of the interactions with that. And then uh, confused shaman uh, is another great burst heal for this, uh, this type of deck. Yeah. I, the confused shaman yeah, um, that I believe allows you to heal, but heals your opponent as well. Some correct. Yeah. Yeah. Heals you seven, your opponent four. Yeah. And at first glance, I, I, I never really liked that card, but especially the way you're playing in this deck here where you really don't mind healing your opponent, especially when you have them up at 35 health, like it totally makes sense. Right. And you probably saw some weird plays in the match. And I think the commentators were a little confused sometimes because I would play out a Tusker and it, it kind of looks like I'm starting my damage uh, run. And the the problem with that is you have to use half of your turn to reset the Tusker. So mm -hmm. there's there's many times that um, I think I'm enough under control that I can start my damage run. But there's a lot of tension in the deck with you having enough resources to start that because Pollen Weaver only cares if you have more life than your opponent. So you really get vulnerable when you start trying to kill your opponent. And you really don't have time if you're under pressure to use that extra action. So often I would just let my Tusker expire and know that later, you know, I could get it back with Root Singer or my regrowth when I did want to start the damage removal or sure. the damage run on the opponent. So so I know you've also talked about kind of like different phases of a match. And so you have... I'm assuming your first phase is basically drawing as many cards as possible. Would that be correct? Um, yeah, phase one would be playing Root Singer and filling your hand. So, yeah. I mean, not Root Singer, uh, Pollen Weaver. <laughs> so, go. yeah, that after you uh, you're playing a whole different game after you find your Pollen Weaver. So that everything up to that is to get to that phase. So that's the preemptive Moss Ridge or an early Stump Drift Shaman. Um, a lot of this deck you have to play. I guess with the expectation for what your opponent's about to do, because there is so little burst, like stump drift have to, has to be played almost in anticipation to damage because if you're already on the ropes, it's, you know, it's not going to get you back up fast enough. So did you ever find yourself like, so root singer, uh, those cards get burned after you use them. So they're, they're the one time use cards. Did you ever find, in a match that you, you perhaps played one of them too early? Um, it really, it depends on how your opponent's playing. Uh, if you notice the top eight match on Sunday, I, I did burn some root singers pretty early. Uh, he was putting a lot of pressure on me, so I had to use them in a slightly different way, but that's, that's really the great thing about the deck because you have so much value built in. Um, if you notice he scooped after, you know, after we started getting later on in the game, it was because he was down to eight cards. 
there's so much recursion in this deck that even if you're forced to, you know, use something early or out of turn, you just have way more value than your opponent. So it's even if they make you play off your game, it's unlikely that they can finish you with, you know, the number of resources that are in their deck because they other decks usually have a very finite number of things to do with their cards, whereas this deck recycles a lot. So sure. Uh, one other card I had a question about that the the old oak that can restart your action buffs, right? Yes. Uh, it, were there particular action buffs that you prefer to use that on, or did is that like I know you said you weren't a big fan of the card, but I'm assuming you probably did use it at some point in the weekend. And it, like, is is that something you would use more towards healing or damage reduction, or even? going towards like a, I mean, did you ever reset a hungry behemoth or something? I don't know. Um, we, I did reset like a stampede Tusker and, you know, plus something else like a stump shaman or moss Ridge defender as a way to save an action. Sure. Um, but really old Oak was kind of a remnant of previous versions of the deck that, you know, just didn't really get fully considered before, uh, I got my final deck list together because uh, there really weren't just a lot of targets in this deck. What we were doing a little bit before was our kill phase was more, uh, I, I guess it was a little more pronounced, and it involved Spectral Web and Old Oak. So when we were ready to go for the kill, we would, you know, one with we would lead with Spectral Web, and then we'd go next one with Nature, mm-hmm. and then have Old Oak and Root Singer to just keep those um, buffs untouchable. Um, so that was the line that we had, but kind of what we found is that just by playing tight that you could do the same thing and that spectral spectral web was more of a crutch. Um, so it, it left and old Oak just slipped in and stayed behind. So that's kind of where that came from. Fair enough. So throughout the weekend you, you played, I, I, did you even count how many matches you played throughout the tournaments? I can't say I counted. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming you got a chance to play, just about every other order out there, right? Mm-hmm. That's probably fair I, to say. I didn't play against Mountain, actually. Okay. Yeah, I I don't recall seeing many Mountain decks in the tournaments. That, that did surprise me a little bit, which makes me wonder. Like, I, I'm going to look at that a little more closely for next time. But um, do, do you think this deck plays out better or worse against particular orders? Um, I think that uh, Blue or um, Storm is probably the most difficult matchup. Um, Thunderslug is just a great buff removal, and it probably is the best buff removal. It doesn't attack, so it doesn't trigger the emergency yep. system. So um, I, I was never happy to see Thunderslug <laughs> across the table, but we had tested that matchup too, and uh, the way that we beat that deck is with Creeble Jester and us having it main deck. Um, a lot of people weren't even that far down the road. So, you know, they might have it in their sideboard, but we're going to win the the first game with Creeble Jester. And in fact, second round of um, the Sunday tournament, I Creeble Jestered someone twice that was playing blue just by slowing the game down and, mm-hmm. you know, making it obvious they needed to draw cards. And then, you know, then there's Creeble Jester. So once you discard a card in this game, it's so much different than, you know, like Magic the Gathering, because you have 35 cards and every one of those is a resource to kill the other deck. So, you know, there's a X number of max damage most decks can do. And if you get rid of 12 of their cards throughout a game, 
they probably don't even have enough to get through your healing, even if they played all the cards in your deck. So getting a card to the discard pile is just, it's incredibly valuable in Light Seekers. Very true, very true. So I imagine... Uh, I, I know you already switched up your, your deck a little bit when, when you came into the Sunday tournament, you didn't play the exact same deck. I, I, I think it was similar, but still had some differences Are, going forward. If you had another tournament next, well, maybe not next weekend, next month, let's give you a little more time. Would you consider playing a, a similar deck again, or is there something out there that you want to try? I was really happy with my list and a few tweaks we made for Sunday, um, basically just a way to kill a little faster. And I really didn't have a lot of experience with the deck going into the tournament while, you know, me and Alex practiced for three weeks, pretty solid, but you know, he actually designed the deck. And so I played against it most. And before going into the tournament, I maybe played it five times. And uh, so through experience on Saturday, I realized that a few of the cards in the deck um, you know, particularly like old oak are just, you know, they're there, but they don't serve mm-hmm. the, the main purpose of the deck. So I took out an old oak and a spirit Chandler and crystal core is another crutch in my opinion. So with type play, you have like in my head, like those three slots to play around with. And that's where people can kind of take the deck any direction, you know, from there. So yeah, that makes sense. But to your question though, I don't, I don't think that I would play another deck at this point. Um, until people really figure out the answer to this deck, I, I personally feel like I didn't really ever feel, there were a few times when I had to make some plays that were not my preference, but very seldom throughout the two days did I feel, you know, legitimately threatened by another strategy. So this, this is a a pretty oppressive strategy until people really test against it and figure out the lines of play that can actually beat it. Sure. I, so, I mean, I, I have to imagine, like, this deck is out there in the open now. It's up on the forums. It's going to be posted on my site. It, people are going to try to imitate this. Do, do you have any, I guess, words of wisdom, if you if you care to share, um, whether it be things to watch out for when people are... Uh, that you, I guess, mistakes that are easy to make... Mm-hmm. Or on the other end, like something to watch out for, like if your opponent does this, you should be careful. Uh, yeah, so, you know, this looks like your standard control deck, but in my head, it's really a defensive tempo deck. So, you know, how I mentioned Moss Ridge Defender controlling yeah. the tempo of the game. Your things don't do a lot at one time. They just kind of add up over time. So your main goal is to control the tempo and you have to respond and adapt your strategy to how your opponent's playing. Um, so that's really the, the main point is to get value out of your cards while staying at a healthy life total. So, you know, whichever way, whatever creative way you decide to do that, um, is probably a winning strategy for this deck. And it really did, you know, throughout the tournament, it really did feel like there are a lot of different lines and a lot of different ways that you could play to control what your opponent might do. So that's good to hear. Yeah sounds like this deck has a lot of possibilities especially when you mentioned like there's three cards you can take out and put in whatever you want well maybe not whatever you want but you have options as you said so it it's great to see 
something this much strategy being put into this game so early on in its life and i i just can't wait to see what people come up with in the future yeah um uh alex has some spicy brews that uh you know (laughs) who knows maybe uh maybe i will break out some of those brews for one of the future tournaments uh this deck is uh you know so slow that sometimes when going into a really competitive tournament, that's something I think about because it is quite taxing to get up from your seat in the next round starting immediately. Yeah. Um, it's a little, a little easier to kill your opponent in 15 minutes and, you know, have bathroom break and go get a snack. So it was a pretty grueling two days of cards for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, so you've mentioned Alex a few times. Is there any chance like we might see him at one of these tournaments in the future? Do you think? Um, he generally he doesn't be travel behind the yeah. scenes partner. Yeah. He doesn't really travel too much, um, out of state for tournaments. So sure. it, it might be unlikely, but he's already active in, um, what you already mentioned online life seekers league. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm sure there will be more to see from him on this game as far as the, uh, competitive scene, you know, that kind of depends on how, you know, how big that gets and, um, where that goes to. So. All right. Well, uh, I think that's just about all I have for you today. Um, do you have any final comments on this deck or light seekers in general? Yeah, I think, uh, one thing that kind of came to the surface in the tournaments and one thing that, you know, Alex and I have enjoyed so much about this game is at the end of the day, you know, you, you mentioned what strategies do I have for this deck at the end of the day, it's really about knowing your deck inside and out like adapting to what your opponents are doing and managing threats versus defense because everybody has a finite number of possibilities for threats and defense. So um, once you get to the high levels or, you know, at least, you know, what I think are the high levels, who know what is what to come on it. But I, I think that it's a game of cat and mouse where you're trying to deploy a threat that you that looks scary enough for your opponent to deal with. And then you deploy, you know, the real threat and uh, it's just a constant back and forth. So, um, this deck's very beatable. We figured out strategies to beat it. Um, but this is kind of your level one, you know, this can beat aggro. Um, and then the deck that beats this, well, can that deck beat aggro? So that's kind of the, the sure. questions we ask when we were building this deck. So I'm really interested to see the creative stuff that people come up with. Three weeks was definitely not enough time to explore <laughs> this game in full. Um, but, but I think this is a good starting point. If I was building an aggro deck, I would make sure that I knew how to beat this deck first. So, but I'm really excited to see where the game goes. I think it has a lot of depth and it feels like it's very skill intensive. Um, since you do get to see so many of your cards throughout the game, Mm -hmm. uh, you know? Yeah, that's, that's a big plus it has going for it. So with that being said, uh, I just want to say thank you once again for, coming on the show congratulations for winning the first tournament out there and i'm sure we'll be seeing a lot more of you in the future so thank you once again chris yeah and uh if you know uh alex and i love talking about this deck we're very active on light seekers forums official forums uh with my screen name dratillis there and then also online light seekers league uh there's some pretty good chatter that goes on in there about strategy so uh, just hit me up if you have any questions uh, or if you have any decks you want me to look at and see, you know, see what I think. Definitely. So thanks. Thanks yeah. again, Matt. Thank you. That's all we have for this episode of Need More Buffs. If you want to check out the links we mentioned and 
Chris's deck list and all of that type of stuff, be sure to have head over to deliverycrab.com slash 006. That's deliverycrab.com slash 006. If you're interested in talking more with Chris about his deck or other things Lightseekers related, you can find him in the Lightseekers forums as well as the online Lightseekers League under the name Drotillus. Finally, if you haven't already, be sure to go hit that subscribe button in iTunes or whatever podcast service you use. Little things like that are going to help this show grow immensely. And that's what we're looking for. The growth of the show hopefully means growth of the game. And that's what we're all looking for. We want to see this game succeed and you can help us do it. That's all I got for this week. It's time to go make some more deliveries. 